Are you in pain? I'm not talking about just physical pain. What about emotional pain? What about when you're hurting and you can't get relief? What about the pain of bad choices? What about the pain of bad relationships? What about the pain of your past that haunts you every day? That if you could go back and turn back the hands of time and make a different choice or go a different direction, you would. But you can't. What about when you're hurting so bad and nobody knows about it? And uh, you don't tell anybody, you don't share it with anybody, you just keep it inside. What about the pain of confusion? What about the pain of not fitting in? What about the pain of loneliness? What are you using to kill your pain? Uh, if you look around our church, you'll see a lot of people with some shirts on that says painkillers on the back, and, and it says this. Will y'all say these three things with me, everybody out loud? Real pain, real people, real Jesus. I was on the radio this week on WGJC. I don't know if you uh, were able to tune in and listen, but uh, they asked me to come in. We're, we're starting a brand new teaching series today called Painkillers. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Uh, back in May, uh, God began to move in my heart and gave me a word as I was in a prayer time to teach on the subject of painkillers. And I went, what? Painkillers? And I really wrestled with that. And then God began to show me that it's not just, when you hear the word painkillers, first thing that comes to your mind is narcotics, like a pill or maybe even a drink or alcohol, something that numbs it. But how many of y'all know that, that that's not the only painkiller that there is? We, we use a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And what we've done is we have somehow uh, put our minds in this, in, this, in this trench that when we hear the word painkillers, we immediately associate it with cocaine or heroin or methamphetamines or pain pills that, we, that are prescription. But guys, there's a lot more things that people run to that are just as dangerous, that are just as dark, that are just as devastating. So when I began to pray about that and God began to lead me in that, that's where the painkiller thing came from. So I was on the radio and they were talking to me about that. They asked me to come in and said, Brother Jack, this is just a, a neat idea. You know, we, we believe God's going to do something. How many of y'all believe God's going to do something in this series? Man, I'm excited about that. And they were talking to me, and, and uh, we were talking off the air, and I said, you know, uh, people say in America that we got a drug epidemic, that we got, you know, and, and it's true, we, we, got, we got those things. But I said to them, I said, you know, I believe that even more than a drug ep epidemic, we got a pain epidemic. See, see, the problem is people everywhere are hurting. And there are hundreds of people that are here and will be in the second service that already you're going, Brother Jackie, you got my number. 
I'm hurting. And I don't know what to do with this pain. And some of you mask it. Some of you, uh, you know, you're good. You, you become an expert at hiding it. But what we want to do here at Eden Westside is we just want to kind of become real with you. Uh, I, I want to be real with you. I, wanna, I don't want to be the cat that's got the canned answers that goes, oh, you know what, uh, you know, read your Bible and you'll be okay. Some of you are already saying, you know what, I've already done that, I'm not okay. I don't want to be the guy that says to you, oh, if you'll just come to church, you'll be fine. Some of you, I've tried that. I don't want to be the guy that's going to give you a canned answer that says, you know what, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's your 12 steps, you'll be okay after you finish this program. And a lot of people are going, man, I've done that and I'm still not okay. So let's just take the journey together. Let's just be real together. Can I get an amen? amen. For the next seven weeks, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to kind of take the mask off and we're just going to kind of talk about uh, what, what do we run when we got pain? What do we do when we're hurting? And I believe that we can all agree that there's one answer to it really, and that's Jesus. Amen. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's not on the outline, it's not on the screen, but uh, God gave us a ministry description for Jesus in the book of Isaiah chapter 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto me. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison of them that are bound. That's the God that we serve, amen? See, God already knows that we're living in a world that's hurting. God already knows that we are people that are just saturated with pain and hurt, and we don't know what to do. And because of that, God himself recognizes where you are. You may hide it from your friend, you may hide it from your neighbor, you may hide it from your family, but God knows you're hurting. And God knows what it's like in your mind. Some of you are going, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. He, he really does. He knows what's going on. He knows our thoughts. He knows the, the intimate details of our life. Our God is not a God that's way out there. Our God is deeply involved in our life. He knows when our minds go like this. He knows when we're spiraling. He knows when we don't know what to do. He knows when, are y'all ready for this one? Write this one down. He knows when we mess up. Can I get an amen? amen? But watch this. And boy, if you don't get nothing else out of this message, you need to remember this. He loves you anyway. He loves you anyway. He cares about you anyway. Sometimes I think when I, when I think about it, I think God must, must weep sometime. Because as a heavenly father, and, and me being an earthly father, when my kids hurt, I hurt. When my kids are in pain, I'm in pain. Can I get an amen? When they're not okay, I'm not okay. God loves you more than your earthly father could ever love you. He loves you more than, than anybody on planet earth, but... He wants to say something to you and me through this series. Where are you running? Where are you going? Because everybody that runs from something runs to something. Everybody that's trying to get away from hurt runs to something. Now let me say it again. Everybody that runs some, from something runs to something. And sometimes when we're when we're struggling, 
we don't know what to do. We, we're in pain and we're hurting and all of a sudden the pain causes us to run away from that pain and we run to something only to recognize the thing that we're running to causes our life to get much darker. And we're, we're thinking we're doing good. We're thinking I'm getting away from that. But guys, you know what? A lot of times when whatever we're getting away from, if we're not moving in the right direction where we should be going, then the thing that we run to complicates the problem even more. Amen. And it's not just drugs. Uh, we're going to be talking about in the next seven weeks about different places that people run. Different places that people go when they're hurting, when they're in pain. And, and, and I, I've already tested it, guys. Uh, I've talked to people. I've given them the list of the seven that God has given me. And I've said, hey, are you guilty of running to any of those places? And most everybody goes, yeah, I've run to all those, man. I've run to those to try to get away from the pain and the hurt and the agony and the torment that I'm dealing with. And so we're going to be talking about this for the next seven weeks. And what I want you to do for the next seven weeks is I want you to be here. I want you to come. I want you to bring your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers. And I want you to say to them, look, you don't have to join the church. You don't, you know, don't, you don't have to do that. Our pastor is just talking about something that we believe is absolutely important in the world that we live in today. Because how many of y'all know this? Our world is hurting, amen? Well, our world is in pain. Now, we can, we can put the three-piece suit on, or we can wear a T-shirt, or we can wear blue jeans, or we can dress like I am. It doesn't matter. When we, when we strip it all down, we're all hurting. We all got something going on. We all got a past that we're not proud of. We all got kids that sometimes mess it up. We all got, you know, people got divorces in their life, and relationships that are broken and people are struggling with who am I? People are trying to figure out today, am I a guy, am I a man or a woman? I don't know who I am. There's people that are trying to figure out relationships and they're struggling and they're battling and, and, and there's pain everywhere you go. People are hurting. And, and the world is offering a substitute to what we really need in our life. And a lot of people are grabbing hold of that only to realize that when they get it, it creates more pain creates more pain. So we're going to take the journey. Are y'all with me? Are y'all good? All right. Do you have your Bible with you? Let's start it off this way. Y'all know what to do at Eden Westside. Here we go, guys. Let's take the Word of God and let's lift it up like we mean it. Are you ready? Here we go. Put it up there, Bethy. Y'all know what to do? Here we go. Let's, uh, we're going to get there. I promise you. You know what it is, right? This is my Bible. It is trustworthy and true. Right now, my mind is alert, my heart is humble, and my spirit
When you run away from something, you run to something. That's better. And uh, we have to realize that that's what people do. Again, I want you to say what's on the middle screen together with me, everybody. Real pain, real people, and real Jesus. Painkillers. When we see the word, immediately we think about drugs and substance abuse. The latest statistics available from the American Society of Addiction tell us that 20%, are y'all listening, 20% of Americans 12 and older have a substance abuse problem. Now that's an interesting statistic, that uh, 20% of all Americans 12 years old and older have a substance abuse problem. That is two in 10 people, and people do run to drugs and alcohol uh, to block the pain, only to find out uh, that as they go there, it gets worse. More than one in three American adults, 35% were given painkiller prescriptions by medical providers last year. 2015 report from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services report, more Americans used prescription painkillers than they did all total of tobacco use. Painkiller abuse absolutely kills and is true. But why are painkillers such a problem? Why do people need something in their life? Because pain is real. Pain is real. And when you're hurting, uh, you want something to help you through this pain. Painkillers are a problem. But not all people turn to illegal drugs for the answer. There are things that can be just as detrimental to a person's life as heroin or cocaine or methamphetamines, even though these things that people run to are not illegal and don't show up on a blood test. Some people isolate themselves from other people when they're hurting. Some people do the exact opposite. They run to inappropriate relationships. Some people do uh, illegal drugs. There's a mirage of things that people do when they're going through tough times. But today, I want to talk about one that I think <clears throat> that is so profound, and that is the painkiller of isolation. Isolation. I want you to open your Bible uh, to the book of Psalms 102, and we're going to be reading uh, out of uh, the Living Bible today uh, to kind of give you a little bit of a, of a thought of what the psalmist is saying about. A prayer when overwhelmed with trouble. Here it is. Are you ready? Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Don't turn away from me in this time of distress. Bend down your ear and give me speedily answers. For my days disappear like smoke. My health is broken. My heart is sick and it is trampled like grass and it's withered. My food is tasteless. I've lost my appetite. I am reduced to skin and bones because of all the groaning and all of the despair. I'm like a vulture in a far-off wilderness or like an owl alone in a desert. I lie awake, say that word with me, lonely, as a solitary sparrow on a roof. When you look at that psalm, you begin to realize that the psalmist is saying, man, I am isolated. I feel alone. I, I, my, man, my appetite's gone. My food don't taste good. Uh, I'm losing weight. I feel like a sparrow alone on a rooftop. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been hurting so bad that what you did was you didn't take drugs, 
Uh, you didn't drink alcohol, but you made a decision to isolate yourself. That is, you at this point, you're saying, God, you know what? I don't even feel like you care about me. Nobody cares about me. My life is a living hell. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to turn. And a lot of times people will choose the painkiller of isolation. That is, if I can just be by myself, if, if I can just get away from everything and everybody, then my pain will go away. Now, when we think about that, I want to tell you that there are many, many people that fall victim to isolation. That is, they go to a place alone. Loneliness and isolation has many emotional and physical negative effects. I did a lot of research on this thought, and this is what I've learned. Loneliness and isolation in children leads to many, many problems, antisocial behavior, depression, failure in school grades, increased risk of suicide, increased stress, destroys quality of street, sleep, causes premature death, causes obesity, causes multiple health problems, and the list goes on and on and on. Did you know that God created us for relationships? I, I was reading a, a little story the other day that kind of talks about a person that was going through isolation. This is what they said. See if you can relate to it. The more I hurt, the more I wanted to run away. The more I was hurt, the more I wanted to run away. The more I replayed the past, the more I wanted to simply stay underneath the covers and not get up in the mornings. It seemed the harder life was, the more I wanted to isolate myself from other people, and my life got darker and darker and darker. The danger with isolation is when we're going through hard times, it's easy for us to isolate ourselves. We don't want to be around others. We don't want to cry no more. We don't want to shed one more tear over the situation. Listen to this. We don't want to have to explain our emotions again. We don't want to have to repeat it over and over and over again. The more we pull away, the darker the situation becomes. God created us for community. God wants us to have relationships. The problem is that when we're really hurting, it's so much easier to isolate ourselves than to reach out to others and take another risk. But the easy route is not always the best route. There are those of you that are here today saying, I don't tell anybody what's going on with my life because they don't understand. Or people will judge me. I want to tell you something today. Will you listen to me say amen? Don't believe that for one moment. We want to be a church that will understand your pain. We want to be a church that will point you to the only one that can help you in your situation. We want to love you where you are. We want to accept you where we are. But we don't want to leave you where we found you. Can I get an amen? And God doesn't either. So when we think about that for just a moment, I want us to understand, first of all, what is isolation? What is that? When you're hurting and you're going to run to something, what is isolation? Well, there's a lot of descriptions for that, but here's the, here's the primary description. First of all, what is it? Isolation is to become separated. Separated. When you're hurting, you want to be separated. You, you want to get away from everybody. 
You want to run to the dark corner. You want to stay in the bed, cover up your head. You don't want to get out. You don't want to cry no more. You don't want to talk to nobody. You want to explain yourself. You don't want to rehearse it no more. You're simply hurting. Your heart is breaking. Your mind is in a, a tailspin. And you're thinking, I cannot be out there with people anymore. And when you're isolated, a lot of times, are you listening? What we do when we're hurting, we think, if I can just be by myself, if I can just get away from everything, watch this, the pain will go away. Now, I want you to hear me. Listen to me carefully. Very important that you need to know this. When you read and study your Bible, you will find many stories of people who ran to isolation. Eve, when she was tempted of the devil, she was isolated from Adam and God. When you look at Elijah, and he was running from Jezebel, he ran to isolation. Stories of people who isolated themselves because of sin and rebellion, fear and depression. But there, now listen closely, there is a vast difference between being alone versus being isolated. Now I want you to understand this. Jesus himself went away to be alone. Jesus went by himself to get away. He went away by himself to pray and to fast. So Jesus himself gave us an example that sometimes choosing for a distinguished amount of time to be alone is a very healthy thing to do. So there's nothing wrong. Uh, I believe that being alone that's determined by a positive choice is healthy. It gives you time to rest your mind, your body, and rejuvenate your spirit. I believe that being alone is a healthy, positive choice for a predetermined time, listen, that has a beginning and an end. However, isolation, I believe, is a negative experience that can cause much damage. Isolation, are you listening? Write it down. Isolation is a form of imprisonment. When you find yourself isolated, you find yourself in bondage. Well, and listen to me now. We become a prisoner, and boy, you need to write this down. When you choose to be in isolation, you become a prisoner to whatever you allowed to force you to that place. In other words, whatever has caused you the pain you become its prisoner. And that pain, whatever caused you that, causes you to be its prisoner. And watch this now. It puts you in solitary confinement. When we look at solitary confinement, that's where prisoners are. That's where people are put. So when you are hurting and you're going through pain in your life, and you go, you know what? It's not that I'm just going to be alone. I'm just going to isolate myself. I'm never, I'm never going to be around people no more. I'm not going back to church anymore. I'm just going to be away. I'm, not, I'm going to check out. And there's a lot of ways to do that. There's a lot of ways that people go into isolation. They go into isolation physically. They take their body and, and they put themselves in a place. How many of you understand this? You not only can be in isolation physically, you can be in isolation mentally. You can go and, and separate yourself from people mentally. And, and listen, you can, be, uh, you can be very present with your body, but very absent with your mind. Amen. Amen. 
There's a lot of people that check out, man. They're checked out on their mind. So you can be isolated physically. You can be isolated mentally. Uh, but watch this. There's people today, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Y'all probably going to get mad at me, but I'm going to tell you. There's a lot of people that have isolated themselves. Are you ready for this? Right here. Right there. They go away. They're checked out. They've checked out. Can I get an amen? amen? Rather than dealing with life, check it out. Got headphones in their ears? Checked out. They're, they're running from pain, a lot of them. And they're checked out, man. How many of y'all seen people check out with that right there? Amen? amen? How many of you understand you can be in a room full of people and totally isolated? You can be in a church like this with hundreds of people and the devil will have you separated. You can be in a place that you say, okay, I've got to go to church on Sunday. If I don't go to church on Sunday, Brother Jackson's going to be mad at me. If he sees me in Walmart, he'll get on to me. So I'm going to go. But I'm really hurting, and I've checked out. The devil has forced you to this place saying to you, are you listening to me? If you will isolate yourself, your pain will get better. But I'm going to tell you something. It will not get better. The devil will take you to a darker place. Are you listening to me? Now, I believe that this message is absolutely paramount to, to painkillers. So let's talk about, number one, the start of isolation. How does it all start? I believe that, <clears throat> before we put it on the screen, I believe that isolation can be an event that leads to a process that puts you in a dark place of isolation. God's purpose for your life is for you to have a healthy relationship with God. God has a purpose for your life that you are to have a healthy relationship with your spouse healthy relationship with your family, healthy relationship with others. When any of these relationships are absent or perverted, isolation will set in. We don't have to experience isolation because God has already provided the cure to the problem. It's called relationships. Now, relationships are a little dangerous sometimes. But how many of y'all remember, <clears throat> anybody know who this is? Who is this? Anybody know? How many of y'all immediately, when you see this, you connect with something? Anybody? Somebody tell me, what is this? This is uh, Old Wilson, and Old Wilson was on the movie, what does anybody know? Castaways. Tom Hanks got stranded on an island, about to drive him crazy because he ain't got a friend. Guess what? Found finds of volleyballs floating up on the beach. All of a sudden now, the volleyball becomes real to him. You know why? Because we need people. We need relationships. And, and, and by the way, when you look at old Wilson, how many of y'all realize, old Tom Hanks, man, uh, this was real to him. He had to have somebody to talk to. He had to have somebody to connect with. So if you don't have that person, you'll make up somebody. You'll talk, you'll, you'll find a volleyball to, to, to talk to. God created you for relationships. 
And whenever you, those relationships get messed up, what we do is the devil wants to push you into isolation to, to help you get rid of your pain. Now let's think about it. How does it start? First of all, it starts with unmerited pain. I did not deserve to get hurt like that. I did not do anything for them to treat me like that. I did not ask for this. It's not my fault. I did not want that to happen. I didn't ask for them to have the affair and leave me for someone else. I didn't ask to lose my job. I didn't ask for that to happen in our family. I, it's, I, I didn't, look, I don't deserve this pain. It's unmerited. I feel like I was going to church. I feel like I was doing what I'm supposed to do. I was just living my life, not bothering anybody. And I got pain. And this is what happens. The devil will say to you at that moment, you don't deserve that pain. You didn't do anything to get that pain. And all of a sudden then, what will happen is it'll go to the next thing that we deal with, and that is unbalanced inward persuasion. Unbalanced inward persuasion. All of a sudden, we will start persuading ourselves that we're a victim. Or uh, we will start talking to ourselves. You ever done that? When you're going through pain and all of a sudden, man, uh, you know what, you're, 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 you're counseling yourself. And how many of you realize a lot of time when you go into self-counseling, man, you're going to self-destruct? Can I get an amen? And then all of a sudden, you've got unbalanced inward persuasion and all of a sudden you start talking to yourself and all of a sudden you'll start lying to yourself and then you'll go to unbiblical belief. See, when you have unbalanced inward persuasion, you're, you're checked out from what the Word of God says. The Word of God says everything contrary to what you're telling yourself. The Word of God says, hey, I, all things are going to work together for you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. You'll never be alone. I'll supply all your needs. I'm going to take care of you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And the list goes on promise after promise after promise that God gives you. But listen, when you have unmerited pain... All of a sudden, you stop listening to God and you start listening to other things. Can I get an amen? You start listening to yourself. You start saying things that I don't deserve it. It shouldn't have happened to me. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then that unbiblical belief will set in. You'll forget all the promises of God. You'll forget that God's not, not against you. He's for you. You'll forget that, yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear no evil, for God is with us. You'll forget all that stuff. And all of a sudden, are you listening to me? The pain that you've got has pushed you now to a place. And, and that place started with unmerited pain. I should not be hurting like I'm hurting. Unbalanced mental persuasion, you start talking to yourself, and then all of a sudden you don't have biblical belief. Amen. And by the way, when you are in this place, that's when the devil has set you up. Set you up to move you, watch this now, to move you from pain, are you listening, to more pain. 
See, the devil's against you. He's not for you. And he will do everything that he can possibly do to get you into this place when you are hurting so that he can cause more damage. Now listen to me now. Are you with me? The separation of isolation. The separation of it. See, what isolation does is it separates you. It separates you. It gets you isolated. And that's exactly what happens to people. They get isolated. And the Bible says in Psalms 102, verse number 6 and 7, I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I'm, I'm white. I'm as a sparrow, what? Alone on a housetop. What, what, what happens is the devil wants to separate. You feel alone. You feel weak. You feel worthless. You feel defeated to separate you. The devil wants to do that to separate you from God's purpose, God's plan, God's provision, God's people. The enemy wants to cut or write this down. The enemy wants to cut you out of the herd to isolate you so he can devour you. Slowly but surely, the enemy separates you from those who can support you. Little by little, he steers you quietly away from the relationships that can help you. And one day you look up and you're in trouble because you're now separated. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes that two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. The Bible says if you fall, the one will be there to lift you up or to help you. But woe to him, are you listening to me? Woe to him, everybody read it out loud. Woe to him that is alone when he falls. For he doesn't have anybody to help him up. The Bible says again, if two lie together, they can have heat. But how can somebody warm themselves when they're alone? If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And three cords, cord, a threefold cord is not easily broken. In other words, by yourself is where the devil wants to get you. When you're hurting, he wants to cut you out of the herd. He wants to separate you. And a lot of times when we're hurting, are you with me? We think if I can just be by myself, the pain will go away. But it doesn't. So let's look at the next thing quickly. The sorrow of isolation. The sorrow of it. When you're trying to find a place to get where you're not hurting and the devil separates you, there's going to be sorrow. The Bible says in Psalms 38 verse 1, Lord, rebuke me not in your wrath, neither chasten me in your hot displeasure, for thine arrows are sticking fast in me, and your hand presses me sore. There is no substance in my flesh because of your anger. There, the, the, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They're too, somebody tell me, they're too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all day long for my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. When you look there, you find I'm feeble. I'm sore broken. I've roared by reason of my disquietness of my heart. 
Lord, all my desires before you and my groaning is not hid from you. My heart panteth, my strength is failing me. The light of my eyes has gone from me, God. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from me. So are my kinsmen stand far off. What is he saying? For I'm ready to halt. My sorrow is continually before me. What is he saying? He's saying, man, when I am hurting, I feel like everybody's against me. I feel like everybody's against me. God, you have forgotten me. I'm dying here. I'm hurting so bad, I don't know what to do. Nobody knows. Can I tell you this? Can I get real with you? Nobody knows the pain of your sorrow. No, nobody, nobody knows the sorrow that you've got in your, in your hurt. Look, look, I can't stand on this stage and tell you I understand all the pain you got. It's sorrowful. Don't go. There's people that are dying inside. There's people that cry themselves to sleep every night. There's people that the rug has been jerked out from under them and they don't know where to turn. And that pain hurts. And that pain is not pleasant. You say to preachers like me and people like, like me and friends that give you all this advice, you ain't got a clue. You don't know what it's like where I am. You don't know how my life is. You don't know the secret sorrow I've got. I'm hurting here. And I don't know what to do about it. I, don't even, I try to call out to God and he feels like he's a million miles away from me. And I say to him all the time, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you help me? I feel like you've forgotten me. Why am I having to go through this? Why am I hurting so bad? And I just want to make sure you understand that your sorrow is real. And your pain is real. And your hurt is real. And so what happens is we go into this, we try to figure it out to get into this, to get rid of it. And, and it separates us. And then we realize there's sorrow of it. But what's the strategy of it? What, how, how does, what's, why is this like this? What does... What does isolation, what's the strategy of it? In Psalms 102, in verse number 7 through 11, it says, I watch, I'm like a sparrow alone upon the housetop. My enemies reproach me all day long. They're the mad against me. They're sworn against me. For I've eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping. Does that sound like you? Because of your indignation, because of your wrath, for... You have lifted me up and cast me down. My days are like the shadow that declines and I'm withered like grass and, and, and I don't know what to do. And the Bible says that when you're that way, you've got to realize, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion is walking about. What's he doing, y'all? Seeking whom he may devour. I want you to write this down. It's not on your notes, but you need to write this down. The strategy is to get you alone. To get you by yourself. Why does the devil want to get you by yourself? 
Why does he want to do that? When you're hurting, why does he want you by yourself? He wants you by yourself and write it down. It's not in the notes, but you need to write it down. He wants to neutralize you and torment you and devour your life. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get you by yourself because he's roaming about looking for somebody to devour. And when you run to isolation because of your pain, the devil wants to get you alone. His strategy is to separate you from the herd so he can destroy you. Now I want you to listen carefully. There's a stronghold of it. Demonic attacks against you will put you in solitary confinement. Are you listening to me? If listen, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. Don't miss this statement. The demonic attack against you to put you in solitary confinement is to convince you this is normal for you. He wants you to think that's normal. That this stronghold has set up residence in your mind and you think that this is normal. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. He separated Eve and because of that, a sin stronghold got set up in her mind. And he established a stronghold and he binds you to the lie. You become a prisoner. He desires to lock you in that solitary confinement and convince you that this is normal for you. This is the way your life is. But it's not that way. God doesn't want you in isolation. God, God doesn't want you to run from your pain to be alone. He just doesn't. So the bottom line is this, what's the solution? What's the solution? When you're hurting and you, you, you find yourself moving to isolation, what, what's the solution? Now before we put that verse on the screen, you'll notice that there's three question marks for the solution. You know, one thing I want you to hear me say, sometimes I don't have the answer. It would be easy to come to church and somebody tell you, you know, you're hurting and you, you find yourself in that isolation. You got walls up all around you. And it'd be easy to come to church and some preacher say, well, Here's the three-part answer for you. It'd be easy to, to say, well, there was another sermon. He told me at the end, read my Bible. And that didn't work for me. It'd be easy to say, well, here's a, here's a canned answer. And this will work for you if you do A, B, C. I want to be honest with you. I don't have an answer because your pain is, is different than my pain. What you're running from is different than what I'm running from. 
It'd be easy to say to you, well, just read your Bible. Pray a lot. Talk to a counselor. And that would be a patent answer for me to give you. I was talking with Roxanne and Chris the other day in the middle of this show on the radio, and we were chatting about it, and they said, well, Brother Jay, what do you tell people? What are you going to tell the church when it comes to pain, and that pain drives them to isolation? And I said, I'm going to tell them I don't have an answer. Roxanne teared up, started crying. She said, you know, we've been on the radio 15 years. We've had hundreds of pastors come in and not one of them has ever said what you just said that you don't have the answer and I don't I don't have a fix it answer because it wouldn't work for you you wouldn't be you would be disappointed in me because your pain is your pain your sorrow is your sorrow what hurts you is different than what's hurt everybody else. So I could say things like, you know, everything's going to work out all right. But what if it don't? What if, what if I were to say to you, oh, you're just walking through a valley, you know, just tighten up your bootstraps and trudge right through there, and you're going, I can't even walk. How the heck do you want me to put, I can't even take a step, I'm hurting so bad. So it's, it's not easy. It's not easy coming up with an answer. So when I wrote down the solution for isolation, I just sat back in my desk and said, heck, I ain't got a clue how to fix people's pain. So I have to think about something. In the book of 1 Kings 19, Elijah was in a place of isolation. He was running from Jezebel and he was hurting. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to turn. And uh, he said, you know, I, I looked for God in an earthquake. And he wasn't in an earthquake. Sometimes we are looking for an answer in an earthquake. We think, man, if something could just shake my world and get, get it all, if, you, if there could just be an earthquake and fix this, I'd be all right. And that's what Elijah looked for. God, I just need an earthquake to shake my world. and I need you to fix it. But God didn't send an earthquake. Well, if I had some fire, maybe some fire from heaven would work. Maybe that's what I need. I need a, man, I need God just to show up and, and send some fire from heaven. Maybe that'll change my pain. Elijah tried that. He said, well, God wasn't, he didn't, he didn't fix it in the fire. But after that, there was a steel small voice and that's what I heard I didn't hear a blasting preacher's voice I didn't hear a, I didn't feel an earthquake I didn't have any fire I had to I had to get to the place 
where I heard a still small voice. I had to push away everything else. Listen to me. Some of you are already going, Brother Jackie, I, I get it. I've been in isolation. I've been, I'm not doing drugs. But dadgum, I'm hurting and I've tried to run from it. God, listen, God may speak to you and tell you what I want you to do is cry. You need to cry. Maybe somebody here needs to say, dadgummit, I fought that more than anything. I don't want to cry. But maybe God tells you to come to the altar and just cry. Or maybe God will tell you, you know what, you just need to stand up and clap your hands. Or maybe God will say to you, you know what, you need to go to that altar and lay on your face. Or, or maybe God will say, you know what, you just need to stand up and shout hallelujah. What is God saying to you? Not, not what am I saying, but what is God saying? What is God telling you to do? Your pain is real, it's different. What's God saying to you? What is God speaking to you right now and telling you to do? That's a hard thing. Sometimes God may tell you, you know what, you just need to go over there and hug them. You just need to go and be still, be quiet. You need to sit here a minute. So I tell you what we're going to do. Your pain is your pain. It's not mine. It's an intimate moment. What's God telling you? God may be telling you to give your heart to Him. God may be telling you to join the church. God may be telling you to come and cry. You, you may need to just come and wet this carpet with your tears. What's God saying? So I'm going to ask you today to bow your heads all over this place our ministers are going to come we're going to sing a song and they're going to be down front what's God telling you to do what is God saying to you that's your answer so Sarah's going to sing and you've got a choice to make do you want to stay in that isolation? Or is God telling you to do something weird? So this is your time. Come. If you're hurting, you just need prayer, if you need connection, you stand up and come right now. Just come. Come.